ESPN Daily is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA 23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. Steve Brill, I think it's fair to say for a generation of sports fans, and even people who aren't sports fans, uh, the name Gordon Bombay and the Flying V, the Knuckle Puck, these are phrases, these are names that immediately bring to mind great memories from childhood. And a classic film that you wrote, that you created, The Mighty Ducks. Where did the idea come from? Well, it's funny when you say Gordon Bombay, it's like that, that you say that's iconic, which is funny because I was very young. I was 26 years old and I was drinking gin that summer. And the two gins, uh, if you know, are the most popular back then were Bombay gin and Gordon's gin. And I Classics. looked over, I looked over at the bar and I saw Gordon Bombay. And I wrote that as the main character's name. And uh, also a little nod to Gordy Howe, but yeah, Gordon Bombay came from drinking gin that summer when I was 26. Lucky you were drinking beef eater that summer. <laughs> it, it could have been, yeah, Lewis beef eater or a Chivas. <laughs> Chivas beef eater could have been the coach. That's a good name. Well, where, where, you know, where does the idea of a, a film um, uh, about kids playing hockey, how, how does that even occur to you? Well, I played hockey in upstate New York in Utica, New York, growing up till I was about 11. And I loved it. I loved skating. It was most uh, the most incredible feeling. And I loved the sport of hockey, but I played on a team that was just terrible. And my coach was really mean. And I remember getting hit on the ice as a young kid, like checked. And I was like, this is, how dare they hit me? I can't believe it. But it was really, uh, it was it was the most engaging sport and the most exciting and thrilling. So I always remember that. And then when I moved out to Los Angeles in the 80s, after college, I got reinvigorated and reintroduced to hockey because I would go to the Kings games out at the Forum back in the Marcel Dion era, Dave Taylor, that team before Gretzky. Mm. I was a struggling screenwriter and had no scripts and no ideas, but there was something about um, watching hockey again and being tapped back into it. And then I started skating at the local ice rink again because I had nothing else to do. I got back into it and I just fell in love with the sport again. And I figured, uh, well, because I love it so much and I love the sports movie in general, there hasn't been a good hockey one. I should, I should try that. In the hallowed canon of sports underdog movies, heroes like Rocky and the Bad News Bears often get top billing. But in 1992, a new team came quacking, triple deking, and flying together to join their ranks, the Mighty Ducks. So ahead of the premiere of the new E60 documentary, Once Upon a Time in Anaheim, we're bringing you a sneak peek. Today... Screenwriter Stephen Brill shares what it was like to turn waterfowl into film and how it felt when his creation came to life in the form of an actual NHL team owned by Disney, which ruffled a lot of feathers by naming the team the Mighty Ducks. I'm Jeremy Schaap. It's Friday, June 9th. This is ESPN Daily. 
for the ones who get it done. Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. So, Stephen Brill, it has been more than three decades now since you wrote this story about a youth hockey team, which later becomes a real hockey team. Now we have this E60 special. Uh, but at the very beginning, when this was just in your head, what was the story you wanted to tell? Originally, the story was about a guy who lost his uh, lost his love of the game and had sort of been traumatized by... Uh, by being pushed too hard by coaches and athletics, which was, as I said earlier, I had a really bad coach, but I loved the game. And I wanted this guy to reconnect to the love of the sport and the love of just playing. And that's where mm. that flying around the ice is sort of uh, coming from. And then the other component was the idea that um, teams are surrogate families and that this guy was disconnected from his family. And all a lot of the kids were also sort of and they formed a group and they formed a team and they formed a family. And then they were able to succeed as that family and live or die by that. And then the flying V became this symbol for that, which was so awesomely obvious that I was so excited when I, I think I literally looked up in the sky and saw it one day, saw birds in a formation. I was like, <laughs> I'm writing a movie about ducks. And there they are flying together and they move in perfect unison and it's a great symbol and I'm going to take that. And that, again, was this point of like sticking together as a team and moving forward, which I, uh, which I think is perennial, but a, a really good point and really true in sports. The name itself, the Mighty Ducks. So the V you saw in the sky. Yeah. Um, what about the ducks? Where did you see them? Well, the Ducks was this idea of winter, wanting to set the movie in Minnesota, which was a sort of stand-in for upstate New York, where I was from. And I skated on ponds. And it's interesting to me that, you know, where are the Ducks in the, in the winter on the frozen pond? And I think I thought about that vision of Ducks on a frozen pond, even though they're pretty much gone south for the winter. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought it was still a great uh, metaphor. And then these little kids who were small and close to the ice and moved and waddled in a certain way that sort of uh, was evocative and made me think of ducks too. So it all felt great, like these ducks on the pond, of course, being another, another phrase. They were going to be the ducks from the beginning. When, when it sells, yeah. it, I don't know. I don't know how this works. You get a call from your agent, whatever it is, you know, they're buying it. What do you remember about that moment? I had written the script and then I had sent it out. Uh, I was with a different agent and I'd sent it out a year before and no one had bit or bought it or probably even read it. And then I signed with CAA at the time. And then they sent it out again a year later um, with a CAA cover on it and it went over to Disney. And I just remember getting a call saying, this is uh, something they want to pursue and buy. And me being like, this is, this is, this is, this is a dream. I mean, I, it was incredible because Disney was probably going to make it. They had already talked about casting and all these names were huge names like Tom Cruise and all these people were being talked about. And uh, I was thrilled. At any point, did someone say, where are we going to find 
kids who can act and skate? <laughs> well, in California, yeah. It was a bit of a, a dilemma before we started casting. It's like, do we just kind actors and teach them to skate? and Or do we go um, find the, the great skaters and teach them to act? And the decision early on was we should find actors that if they have skating ability, it would be great. And if Josh Jackson came from Canada and was a Vancouver kid and he was a skater, that was awesome. That was a great thing. But we were definitely looking for, uh, for actors first. So then they, they, they had a hockey camp, though. Yes. Once we got the movie up and running, we started uh, a, a very intensive hockey camp, which was awesome, which was fun. And Jack White is a, a local California coach, brought everyone in and everyone flew out and from all over. The group was from all over the country, pretty much the initial kid group. And we just skated. And that to me was maybe my favorite part because I was skating again by then and I loved the sport so much. And then to see these kids learn the game and learn their characters and fall in love with it and have so much fun in the camp that was a great, great experience and great bonding for the movie and all the, all the kids. As a hockey guy, the making of the film, once shooting starts, yeah. this is going on, and you've got real NHL players. Uh, I mm -hmm. mean, you know, stars in the film. What was that yeah. like for you? While we were in Minnesota, the North Stars were there. It was Medano's first year, by the way, which was crazy lucky. Mike Medano, one of the great American-born players of all time. Yeah, incredible. And there he was, a rookie. Gagne looking, Calgary two men down, Brighton trying to move it out in front. Why they score, Medano! And they were at the Med Center in our shooting schedule, and so we asked if we could sort of use them. That's where that came out of, and him and Basil McRae uh, <laughs> did the movie. I was uh, very nervous and uh, just couldn't get the words out. We stopped for a break and we're like, you know what, we're going to make you North Star number two and, and Baz number one. So he was able to get uh, the two or three sentences out that I couldn't. Listen to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. If everyone has shot, let me know. I'll get you a try out in the minor league clubs. I stuck to my, uh, my five words and my line. Oh, yeah? I heard you're a farmer. Couldn't screw that one up. I remember being so thrilled with hanging out and meeting those guys, skating with them, too. What, what did you think this film was going to be? I thought it would be, the fact that Disney was putting out, I thought it would be a good, solid movie that would come and go, and I never thought there would be a sequel. I thought, at best, what I hoped it would be is it would be an exciting, funny, touching movie based on hockey and based on a team. And because hockey was the exotic element, again, that I say, I fell in love with it. I knew how excited I was when a goal was scored. And I was like, I wonder if we could get people to be that excited in a movie mm. watching a goal get scored or watching people skate. So I thought that was my biggest hope, obviously. And I thought once it did get made, I just hoped it got released and I hope it didn't get forgotten. And it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. It took a while. It wasn't an immediate hit, by the way, Jeremy. It wasn't like a big hit when it came out. It, it didn't come in first place uh, in the box office that weekend. But it did the very unusual thing of the second weekend it went up in box office, which rarely happens, which shows you that people 
told their friends and brought their families. And then it went up in box office. And that was a really good sign. And um, it felt like it for that fall, it meant something to the to the culture, to the you know, hockey culture, for sure, sports culture. It felt like a good movie that tapped into something. All these years later, and it's clear that it still resonates and has continued to resonate for decades and strikes a chord. What are the elements of the story that now, in retrospect, you think work best? I think the team, a collection of misfits and people who don't quite belong together, I think that is just one of my favorite aspects of it. And then them all working towards a common goal, you know, the family idea and the theme of enjoying the sport. That's been one that I think has been played out in a lot of ways, that notion. But it's true. It's like, just enjoy it, man. It's fun. It's playing. You're playing the sport. And I like, uh, I like the, the hockey part of it, too that it really exposed people to the feeling not you know it's not like you're skating but just the dynamics of it coming up the mighty ducks go from the silver screen to the national hockey league passion drive and patience What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely. Drink wisely. So, Steve, now it's 1992. The movie's a big success, if not quite a smash hit. But then there is this other element to the story. Uh, This twist, I don't think anybody saw coming. What do you remember thinking when you found out in the moment that Disney, which now owns ESPN but did not at the time, full disclosure, that they wanted to get into the business of the real National Hockey League. And part of that uh, stems from this movie that, that you've conceptualized. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very strange sequence um, because they didn't tell us. 
Eisner played his cards, I mean, as he should. It was his idea. Michael Eisner, the CEO. Michael Eisner, the CEO of Disney, whose kids play hockey, who I knew and played hockey with them. Uh, and he, he loved the sport. But when they bought the script and got it made, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. I never got the answer that there was a bit of a mandate. Like, I want to do a hockey movie. Like, Eisner, I should have asked him that. Was he looking for it? Because once the movie came out, once these hurdles were cleared, like the movie was successful, the movie was good, the movie meant something. Then he was essentially in negotiations to bring another team to um, Southern California. But he didn't tell us that. All he told us was he brought me into his office after the first movie and said, I think we're going to do a sequel. I was like, okay, man, that is awesome. I remember like that was because this was the biggest guy saying it's going to happen. And then him saying, but I need a script in two weeks. And that's literally, it sounds crazy because <laughs> that never happens and there would be no reason for it to happen other than the fact that Eisner really did need it in two weeks in order to know that he would be able to name the team this. He just needed some sort of sign that we were going to be able to deliver a movie and then he was going to probably pull the trigger on calling the team the Mighty Ducks. But I didn't know any of that. I was like, oh, okay, well, let's go. Two weeks, you got it, man. I didn't, didn't say no, but I went off and uh, tried to come up with something and that would ultimately become pretty close to what Ducks 2 was. And then while we were working on that and it was greenlit for production, it was announced. Wayne Gretzky once called the New Jersey Devils a Mickey Mouse organization. Now there really is one. The NHL awarded an expansion franchise to Disney to play in Anaheim. The Anaheim franchise will be owned by the Walt Disney Company. The fee, a hefty $50 million. I guess they caught the bug while filming Mighty Ducks. The naming of the team was a few months after that. And I guess I should have thought ahead because he brought, invited us down. And I remember saying, what's the name of the team? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, they might call it the Ducks. That would be kind of crazy and cool. And the Ducks is a good name. And I remember uh, asking him, because it was top secret. I go, what's, what's the name? Come on. And he goes, you're going to like it. I was like, okay. And then he walked out to the, uh, to the press conference. So, so and goes, this is at the press event. Yeah, at the Where press they're going event, to yeah. announce the name. Yeah. They haven't told you yet that no, the name's going to no. be the Mighty Ducks? No. No, at most we were thinking maybe they're going to call it the Ducks. And then he walks out there and there's video of it. He like takes off the rip. The name of the team is... The name of this team is officially the Mighty Ducks. The Ducks will play at the Duck Pine in Anaheim. I would now... It's Disney, what can I do? <laughs> and that was the most surreal moment. Because then I think they revealed the name on blocks or something and Wild Wing came running out. It's like duck calls and... It's called the Mighty Ducks, and that was that was very surreal, very strange. Now, this has been very controversial. The name of this team, as a matter of fact, uh, we hadn't made up our minds as as early as uh, seven o'clock this morning. We have so much equity in the Mighty Ducks, and we like the name, and it, it's Disney-esque. And I've had a few comments that people that don't like it, but we like it. Part of me goes, "What? You can't name a hockey team after a movie." I mean, it's pretty good, but I mean, what? 
like the, the Bruins, the Canadians, the Rangers, the Maple Leafs, the Mighty Ducks. I mean, part of me was like, oh man, I don't know. That part of me, however, went away <laughs> fairly quickly. And I was like, holy, shit, this is crazy. How invested were you in the early years of the franchise? As their as their father, the founding father of the franchise? My investment in the team was pretty uh, profound. In the first year, it was just pure excitement and joy and going to the games in my fancy seats and looking across at Eisner in his booth and uh, waving once in a while. It was just a fun, it was a ragtag team and it was, it was just my kind of grinders. And I loved, I loved that first team they put out there and I loved the experience of being at the pond. And then when Korea came in, I got super invested because I love Paul Korea, great players. I love it. To me, that was like Gretzky coming. It was like Korea was just so dynamic, exciting and beautiful skater and a great, I mean, what a great player. Here comes Solani. He's got Korea on the wing. He moves it along. Korea shoots. He scores! What a pass from Solani to Korea. So I was very invested in the team, just as a fan who happened to have named them. And uh, I took full advantage of anything. Like, I would play in celebrity games. We had a celebrity game there where um, we got to play, where I was on the Ducks, and we played against Kings celebrities and, and the Kings. I faced off against Gretzky in front of a full stadium. It was like a uh, charity event. And I faced off against Gretzky. And Gretzky's kind of just smiling at me like, I, he's probably going to let me win, but I don't care. I like do my overhand <laughs> slap shot draw. And I my momentum pulls me forward. I don't know. And I fall face first on the puck in the middle of the, <laughs> the stadium. And I'm covering the puck and everyone's looking at me and... I just look up and I see Gretzky looking down at me, just shaking his head. Like, <laughs> so I get up and like pass the puck back, and uh, that was my facing off against Gretzky. Now, now look though, right? This is decades before five hundred million dollar franchise expansion fees, like Las Vegas yeah. and Seattle, which is a team yeah. named after rum, as far as I can tell. And so, in those days you know, you were kind of getting what you were paying for. You were going to take your lumps. So those early years. The Mighty Ducks, they were not dissimilar to the ragtag team in the film itself. I mean, there were parallels. Yeah, you didn't get premium players, no disrespect. Got You got players and you filled out a roster. And and I remember like the team just looking at it going, wow, where's the scoring coming from? And you're like, oh, I don't know. It's pretty pretty grinder, grinderish uh, and uh, workman-like, but, but great people and great attitudes and very scrappy and underdoggy. And to draw one back to Nicholas Havlin. Takes a shot. Blocked in front. Rebound. Korea scores! Oh, Korea ends it for Anaheim. It was really cool to see them wearing that uniform crest that we, that we, the movie came up with that. That wasn't a Disney thing. That came from the, it was a weird thing. We were shooting the Mighty Ducks 2 before the team got their colors and got their logos and stuff. So we created that on Mighty Ducks 2 and then they took it. And then that fall, they debuted with our Uniforms, essentially, which is another crazy thing. So, Steve, that's really the beginning of the story of the Mighty Ducks, the NHL team. And there's a lot in the E60, uh, which which I think is really interesting that we're not going to have time to get to here in the pod. Um, the, The documentary follows the team through those growing pains all the way up to the Stanley Cup finals in 2003. And there's that famous goal that Paul Correa, the face of the franchise, scores 
just after having been knocked unconscious by the New Jersey Devils, great defenseman Scott Stevens. So the Ducks lose that final uh, in seven games. But four years later, just four years later, they win the Stanley Cup. And this thing that had just been a notion in the head of a 26-year-old struggling screenwriter, it's now not just a movie, but, you know, the names are being etched on the Stanley Cup itself. Um, That incredible arc, you know, the underdogs from the movie, the underdogs in the National Hockey League are now the champs. And, and of course, everybody loves an underdog story, as we were talking about. What, what does it say about us that we, we crave these kinds of narratives? I think it says the best part of the uh, best thing about an audience. You can always sort of judge the culture based on what they're attracted to. And mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they're always attracted to, and me and everyone is attracted to emotion and heartwarming stories or underdog stories, I think is great because people probably ultimately always see themselves more as an underdog than a top dog. And it's a great, it's a great rise for the hero. And so I think it says the best about people about wanting underdogs to succeed and uh, finding great joy and comfort and emotion in that. It's been a long time. It's been most of your adult life. But can you still describe the sensation when you walk into a coffee shop or get on a plane or whatever it might be and you see somebody wearing a Mighty Ducks vintage or a Ducks jersey? This is the perfect definition of the word uh, bifurcated, I think. It's like I have two. One is, how do I not have a piece of that merchandise? Why I, I, <laughs> why I should I literally should have $2 from that guy. Commerce. Um, commerce because you know yeah he's wearing it because of something that whatever and the other one is just incredibly blown away and loves that we connected back then and that the movie did what we talked about earlier and that it connected and that it made people enjoy the underdog and enjoy hockey and uh it's very gratifying steve brill the creator of the film, The Mighty Ducks, and by extension, uh, the franchise. Yes. it's uh, It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Great to talk about. You can watch the newest E60, Once Upon a Time in Anaheim, this Sunday on ESPN at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and also on ESPN+. Plus. Also on Sunday, check out the story of the Ducks on the NHL Backstory podcast narrated by Ardo Cal on NHL.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jeremy Schapp. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Bradford Craig, Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Heather Lombardo, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, Andre Soto, Andy Tennant, and Aaron Vale. Special thanks this week to Max Brodsky, Deontay Epps, and Jackson Agello. I'll talk to you Monday.